You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations, and career developments. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to episode 14 of You Play A What. As we approach the last quarter of the year, it's almost ridiculous to think that the last time I did a live physical performance was six months ago. Over this period of time, I had started this podcast, realized once again how unforgiving a digital recorder can be, and most importantly, I had to cancel a pre-booked holiday. This extended travel uncertainty of course affects Singaporean musicians that are still enrolled in schools or academies overseas. Of course, not forgetting the musicians that are working abroad. On this episode, I speak to Mindy, who is supposed to be in the midst of completing her course at the Shanghai Orchestra Academy. We spoke about her passion for agriculture and music, as well as her time spent living abroad in other Asian cities. Please enjoy this episode of You Play A What with Mindy. My guest today has taken a rather interesting path in her career. Instead of looking towards the Western world like most musicians do, she had decided to embark on programs by institutions that are closer to home, at times regarded as Singaporeans' uh, go-to holiday destination. Currently applying her trade at the Shanghai Orchestra Academy, but back in Singapore now because of what we now know as COVID-19, uh, she has agreed to come on the show and shed some light about her career. Welcome to the show, Mindy. How are you doing today? Hi, hi Vincent. Thank you for having me. I am fine, just a little bit early for my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit early. But uh, yeah. good, no problem. Sounds uh, as beautiful as ever. <laughs> Thank you. As we go, you can hear the voice going up. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah, absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, doing this and coming on to the show. It's uh, no really wonderful to have the chance to speak to you. And uh, I think we've never had a conversation like this before. So I'm just looking yeah. forward to um, know you a little bit better and to know or understand the way you think about certain things about your career right. and life. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's get this out of the way. From the start, okay? So, can you just mm. tell us, what do you play? I play the French horn. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, of course, you are the second horn player to be on the show. First being a, yes. a good friend of yours, Alex, <laughs> right? So, I am not sure if you listen to the episode. So, I asked him if he, he thinks that the horn is the most difficult brass instrument to play. So, of course, I must extend the same question to you as well and hear your opinion on that. Of course, it is the hardest instrument to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we, we start to see a particular trend. Yeah. yeah, if there's anything that all of you can agree on is um, <laughs> that the horn is the most difficult brass instrument to play. Yeah. Yes. But not not so sure about how, you know, the other brass players think about that statement. But, you we know. We have to say it's the French horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, of course, we all know technically why the French horn is more difficult than the other brass instrument, but uh, are you a left-hander by any chance? No. No? So <laughs> I'm, I'm a right-hander. Yeah. So triple more difficult, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to have to move the valves with, with the left hand. Yes, with very small hands. That's, yeah. yeah. So I would think that being back in Singapore at this period of time, perhaps is not your first choice. So mm. in the most ideal world, uh, where would you be right now and what would you be doing? Me in an ideal world, yeah, 
I'll be in Chiang Mai farming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in Thailand Chiang Mai farming. <laughs> so I I I think that's a that's a pretty good life. What what is the what what do they grow there? Like rice and stuff or I don't know. Things? I'll grow whatever that wants to that wants to sprout wants to off grow. the ground. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. try my best. <laughs> yeah. So I mean uh, of course, this is um, perhaps, you know, far left to, to idealistic, right? So mm-hmm. that is like probably, you know, uh, retirement plans or, you know, something you take on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah in, but okay, yeah. ideally, I would be in Shanghai doing the Orchestra Academy program, my, my second year of the program. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And do, do you actually know that what you had lined up for you for this second mm. year? <laughs> they were planning to do a Mala cycle. So, <laughs> ah. unfortunately, <laughs> I'm missing out on that. Mm. Yeah, and many, 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 many orchestras were supposed to come. Like, the whole New York field was supposed to come and Munich. But, you know, because of COVID, things can't happen. So, yep. Yeah, which is a big shame really, isn't it? Yes, because the, the academy prides itself on being able to offer their students this opportunity. Mm. This sort of close uh, working relationship yes. with some of the best orchestras in the world, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. And how long is this course? So it's um, two years for the academy, but you can add on another year, which is three years for the master's certificate to get a master's degree. I see. And mm. the plan right now, of course, everything is kind of up in the air. You probably mm-hmm. wouldn't know too much of the, the plans of the, the administrations at the academy. But I would mm. presume that whatever they've got lined up is just sort of being pushed back, right? It's not like yes, called off so completely. I'm sure nothing is happening internationally for the academy. But domestically, I think they, they are able to arrange something because... You know, in China, things are kind of back to normal. I wouldn't say 100%, but things are happening. Concerts are resuming. Mm. People are going out without masks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Living the dream, right? We, we, <laughs> we long for the day to breathe freely again, right? But mm. yeah, of course, we must be uh, still very responsible, uh, right? For, mm. for yeah, our course. own hygiene and the, the people around us. Yeah, yeah, wash your hands, guys. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, wash them properly, right? Yeah. yeah. And now, is there any light on when you're going to resume the course or as of now, it's just sort of like playing by ear? Okay, then it's a good time. I just announced it here. I've currently deferred my studies for one year mm. and I will only be going back um, 2021 third quarter when the new academic year starts. Mm, okay. So basically mm. like a year from now. Yep. Yeah. Yes, a year from now. Yeah. 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 Which is not, not the worst thing to do in, in a situation yes, like that. It's not the worst thing to do. Yeah. Correct. Because I think a lot of um, colleges like uh, I can't speak for too many but f- uh, for RNCM for example mm. um, some of the students that I know graduating students mm. Actually, it's a very weird thing, right? Because you are kind of denied this kind of like rite of passage, right? You don't do recitals, yeah. you don't do anything. You're just given a score. And then like, are you yeah. happy? You're happy with the score? Okay, then you graduate and then you finish. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, it is uh, very strange. And yeah. yeah, if given a chance to to take a gap in between, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Especially if you're not physically back in the country. Let's go on and we, we talk about when we first met. Uh-huh. Yeah, but this is interesting. You know, I have very bad memory in general. Probably you ask Alex, he might remember it for me. <laughs> but I think, no, really, really, I really have very bad memory. But mm. I think the first time we met would be maybe when you were, you just came back from RNCM or you were, you were like summer. But it was, I think it was, I believe it was OC. Mm. Is it? 2012, right? Is it I 2012? I think so. Maybe 2013. I don't know. Yeah. Life was a blur back then. <laughs> <laughs> Life is still a blur now. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, 20, uh, 2012, uh, SIBF, did you play? The first one, right? Yes. Right. Yep. So yeah, yep. it, it must be then. 
And oh, yeah, okay. so, so yeah, to you, I have bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know when SIBF. And that was no, that was not. Uh, I haven't left for my studies yet. I was like ah, serving okay, my okay, national okay. service. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, of course, uh, like I said, I think uh, you and I, we hardly spoke to each other. Mm, you know, very far. Yeah, very far. <laughs> And uh, post rehearsals as well. So too many people table very far. <laughs> Correct. And I, w- I wasn't obviously I wasn't part of the SMIO where you you probably met most of the, the other players. Yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. At at the youth orchestra, right? Of course, mm, I play the correct. wonderful instrument that's called the euphonium, where there's <laughs> absolutely nothing to do. Yeah, you don't. You no, know, I actually close. before playing the horn, I was given the choice of euphor or horn. I chose the horn. <laughs> yeah, because euphonium too easy. Right. So <laughs> no, you <laughs> Yeah, so you must No, because of my dental structure. Honestly, this is because of my dental structure. Okay. Yeah. Dental structure because the the mouthpiece is I got one X no, I, the yeah, the mouthpiece is too big. I got I got a, the tiger teeth. Ah, okay. I see. Mm. So it was kind of like pressing against it when you Yeah, the yeah, mouthpiece. yeah, unfortunately. Uh, right. uh, fortunately, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> up to you to, to decide, right? Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, since then, from afar, I've seen the the things that you've been doing, right? You, uh, when, you, d- d- during 2012, you were not a music student yet. Am I right? 2012, I think I was preparing to go NAFA. Yeah. But, but at the point of time, I was very active in youth orchestra because... Yeah, things, I don't know, for some reason, YO at that point of time, thriving. We were going to Aberdeen, we were going to Berlin. Mm. And I was lucky enough to be part of the squad. <laughs> yeah. And and I guess also, like, with projects like that, and I mean, deep down, you must have already some kind of interest in perhaps pursuing this mm. music uh, seriously, right? Otherwise, yes. yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of trips you wouldn't even sign up for the orchestra in the first place, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. And then, of course, I, I've seen your your sort of journey over the, the last couple of years through the scope of uh, social media, of course. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you started in NAFA, then moving on to uh, Yong Siu To, then uh, doing the exchange program overseas, and then now, of course, uh, in Shanghai. More, more recently in Shanghai in and then back here because <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah so now would you just kind of share with us like your musical journey since the beginning sure I think been so long okay like many of us I started out in concert band in secondary school mm. and then but I only joined band when I was in sector 3 and I started with percussion with zero knowledge on how to read rhythms on note. Okay. <laughs> so I was only transferred to French horn after they changed conductor. And like I said just now, I was given a choice between a uh, UFO and horn. Yeah. So yeah. Shortly after that, I was very, very blessed to have a tutor mm. uh, hired by my conductor, um, Zhi Guo. He, at that point of time, he was a student in YST. And then he he's very patient. And within about half a year, I got into SNYS with my, my section mate. So, okay, yeah, it's a, it was very fast. Everything on the horn happened very fast for me in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, I wished I had more time to savor it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But after secondary school, I went to RP to study events management. Mm. Uh, but at the point of time, I was so involved in music. Like, Literally, I eat and breathe music, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was very unmotivated to do something not music-related. So, I decided, okay, after two years, I quit school and I told my parents about it only after I submitted the <laughs> withdrawal letter. Okay, okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, um, I when I left RP, I was waiting to go into NAFA because of the academic year. It's different, ma. Mm, yeah, it starts so, a little bit later. Yes. So, yeah, during the waiting time, I was already like doing horn ensembles. A lot of things are, now that I look back, yeah, it's a lot of playing. Mm. So, I really learned a lot during my time in YO. Okay. Many, many nice memories. And yeah, especially all the tours and the concerts at the Esplanade with very, uh, very, very nice repertoire. Mm. It was very simple times, la, but 
very carefree and happy. Yeah. Mm, then the rest is history. I went to NAFA after that. Mm. Started my formal music education with zero theory knowledge. Yeah. So, and started studying with the light of my home playing life, Jamie Hirsch. Mm. And things became more serious, of course. Yeah. It was a very trying time because of theory. Because I didn't play the piano or anything, you know? Yeah. So everything was a big shock. <laughs> mm. Home playing is not just home playing. You know, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. So the big turning point was when I started YST, Yongshuto. Mm. Only then opportunities started to come and things became more real very quickly. Because mm. I was thinking, uh, should I go, at the point of time, I was thinking, should I go RCM, the NAFA RCM, you know? Yeah. Or go YST because, you know, NAFA RCM, I just had to do additional two years from bachelor's, whereas YST, I have to do four years. Correct. I had a very long time to think about it. I was lucky to have very good friends like Alex to guide me through this. Mm. So, yeah, in the end, I chose YST because after four years, I'll still be this age. So, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm lucky that I have so many people to walk this journey with. Mm. And yeah, it's been about 10 years since I started on the horn. Mm. Yeah. Although my path is slightly longer, I think I never regret any part of it. Maybe except I should have completed my poly diploma. Because right. if I add it up, I will still be 37. <laughs> so, ah, because okay. of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so, but so far, I feel it's okay. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Thailand. I went to Japan. I went to Europe mm. and landed in Shanghai. So, it's a nice time. Yeah. So far, so good. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so now let's go back to, uh, like you said, you started only joining the band when you were sec three. So you must have yeah. been like around 15 years old then. So what made you interested in joining the band? Was it because your friends were doing it? So you'd be like, oh, sure. I'll just join as well. I've always been interested in music, singing. Mm. Yeah. But I didn't join band initially because my parents don't allow. I think no one in my family did music. Okay. Know? But I only decided, okay, whatever, I want to join band because most of my good friends are in band and then I feel FOMO. Ah, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. I FOMO, so I'm like, okay, damn it, I should just join. Then mm. I go for it. I see. Why did they not like the idea of you joining band? Did they think that I, time I don't think was the they problem? don't like it. I don't, I think it's they don't have an understanding of what band is. Okay. Yeah. You know, they just think it's loud. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they refer to like, you know, the, the stereotypical like funeral bands yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, right? I believe that's the case, yes. Mm, I see, yeah. Then of course, uh, from the, the sounds of it, you were like kind of a rebel, right? That you just go ahead and do first mm-hmm. then tell them a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um, after you joined band, did you enjoy it? Did you think that it was fun or was it kind of like, ah, it's, why did they like it so much? It's a little bit boring. No, it has always been 100% fun for me. Mm, okay. Yes. Yeah. No, I think no no bad side. Mm. Because, like I said, I had a tutor to guide me from almost from the like beginning, you know. Mm. So everything was challenging from start to end. And I like challenges. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. And I think, yeah, it, it's such a um, important aspect of a young musician's development to have the correct guidance, mm. isn't it? Exactly. And I'm lucky to have that. Yeah. I, I For me, I'm like, you know, a blind man trying to describe an elephant to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you just end up you're on this path of like kind of self-discovery. And then you don't know why it's good. You don't know why it's not good. And then, yeah. 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 I, I wish I, I went to take lessons when I was younger, to be honest. Yeah. I think like that's really important in mm. at least for like the first six months of kids beginning. Yeah. So you just develop that kind of awareness, isn't it? Like. Yeah. 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 It's the discipline that you develop with good beginnings, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so now, like you said, you wasn't very motivated to do all this non-music related stuff when you were in your poly days. Mm. But by large, it was also because you were part of already like the, the SNYS and SNYO, right? 
yeah, w- were you like skipping classes and stuff like that? Oh, super. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, the, the thing I studied in RP, mm. I think at that point of time, it was not like mentally stimulating for me. I found it like too, I wouldn't say too easy, but like I can do it. So whereas in comparison with music, it's like, oh, it got me on the hook more. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah From it- what I can remember. Mm. But I, I, I mean, it's good that I also went to RP. So I managed to make like good friends. Yeah. Outside of music. Okay. Uh, were you in the band then at RP or no? Uh, I think I only joined the band after a while. I didn't join immediately. Mm, okay. Because I had y- YSYO at that time. I see. I see. Mm. Yeah, which is busy enough, lah, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Nice. And then, of course, uh, the, the perks of being at uh, the YS and the YO is that you get lessons as well, isn't it? Sponsored by mm. um, the, the orchestra. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, and, and that, of course, adds on to uh, your development as a musician, mm. right? Having this sort of like uh, one-to-one yeah. contact time with um, yeah. the professionals. Yeah, at that point of time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. And now, looking back, of course, you, you came from a position whereby music was this kind of like um, something that you were really, really passionate about that you, you were doing mm. so much of it and, and all that kind of stuff. You mentioned something that was quite interesting, which was that like times back then were a little bit simpler. Mm. Were times simpler because you weren't treating music as work and as a career. Do you think that there's a difference there? Oh, I think to a certain extent, yes. Mm. Like... At that point of time, the concept of money to me was still not very <laughs> well thought out in my head. Mm. So there wasn't any real panic. Yeah. I think it was simpler also because you don't feel the international competition. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so at that point of time, it's just youth orchestra. I see. So the, the scope of like the international level of playing hasn't kind of like hit you. Yes. Yet. And 10 years ago, the internet was not as established as now. You don't get to see video of a student playing crazily on the internet. Yes, got Facebook, but then don't have much video on this. Like, or rather, I didn't, I wasn't as resourceful. Or <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now, nowadays, very easy to find like, you know, prodigies. Uh, yeah, young students, you know. Playing mm. big concertos or like yes. just eating up the Van Reynolds attitudes, right? Just like pounding yes, them yes. through. Do you think that your your approach and the way you you look at music has since then took a turn at the very beginning of wanting to pursue music properly? Against like after doing it for a few years, do you feel like it has changed? Yes, since I started YST, I became very intense mm. to a very extreme, which I now that I look back, I really didn't like it. Like, I wasn't as empathic as I hoped I would be. Mm. Yeah, I was too serious. I was really too serious. Like, every little thing offends me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I'm quite sensitive to this kind of thing by nature also. So, like, a little bit of imperfection. Ah. Mm. Not that I'm a perfectionist, but at the end of the day, I had a very bad episode when I was in my second year. Like, super high pressure. Mm. This pressure was put onto yourself because you wanted to be yeah, better? Yeah, by myself. Yeah. Okay. It's, that's why I say the approach to music changed after I went to YST. I, I became way too serious because by that time, the concept of a career and the exposure really started to hit me. And then I'm like, okay, I have to... I have to meet a certain deadline and a certain expectation of myself. Mm. So everything started to build. So any imperfection, I I'm very affected very easily. Okay. I'm sure everyone, every musician gone through this in it's just a matter how long they they are in this hole. Yeah. That that highly critical mode, right? Like you can't yes, do anything yes, correct. Yes. And everything correct. is just like you're just picking on the smallest things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like very bold out thing you also want to pick mm. on one. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, having this sort of mindset is, it of course, takes a toll on you. But 
mm. how much of a toll it takes on you depends on how much you can detach yourself away from mm. the instrument, isn't it? So yeah. for example, if you had a practice session that you thought was, you know, a little bit meh and average, wasn't as good as you, you wanted it to be, when you're on your break, does that then spill over and affect your mood for the day? I think that always. Yeah, I think that is the question, isn't it? And of course, yeah. when you're not in a good mood, then the way you treat other people and sometimes the things that you say when it just automatically spills. Correct. So I don't mean to be like that, but at that point of time you you're already so blinded by mm. the anger on yourself, you just forget about other people. So I also want to take this opportunity to apologize to the people that I've hurt <laughs> yeah. during my very raging years. <laughs> mm. And I think that's quite big of you to to come out and say things like that. Mm. I think perhaps not everybody would bring up this sort of topics. I mean, mm. we all acknowledge or we all know deep down the, the bad things or our uh, misbehaviors in mm. our, our formative years. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I mean, at least, I mean, you didn't do anything to me that made me angry or anything. <laughs> but yeah, irregardless, I, I do appreciate you like, you know, um, coming out and, and saying all this. Yeah, Thank you. it must not be easy. Thank you for yeah. giving me this platform to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem at all. No problem at all. So now with this sort of mentality, right? This sort of like hyper intense and, you know, that will to, to make it, to succeed, to become better. Did you thought of like going away to summer courses and, you know, what was your, your way of trying to improve? Was it mostly self-practice? Mm. So for me, right, the I would say the most like biggest, biggest turning point of my life was after I went to Finland. I think I've told this to many people before. Mm. After I went to Finland and I went there for the Lexa brass competition and yep. masterclass mm. and I met I met like very good friends and good players over there. My biggest turning point was that was actually the first time I'm 100% exposed to the international standards. Mm. And that was my second year in YST. Okay. So, after that, I did a very big ambrosia change and playing mentality shift. Okay. So, instead of... I mean, the ambrosia aside, which is very under, understandable, um, the, the mental aspect, I had to rethink more than... I do my ambrosia thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm, so the, the thought changed. I had to learn how to be more organized and intense at the same time. And also um, find a balance between rest and play. Okay. That balance was non-existent. I see. Yep. So that was the big turning point. After that, things became way better like many things became better and then finally I had the opportunity to apply for exchange when I went year three. Mm. So at that point of time, things became clearer already, like what I want to do or how I'm going to do it. Do it. Yeah, mm. very important. Mm. So I was very confident in my way and my methods and I had very good guidance, Jamie and Alex. Mm. Um, so I wasn't afraid to do anything outside of the normal thing like going to study masters or whatever so I just wanted to enjoy life or mm. and then chart your mm. your career in your own terms right yes yeah which correct is, yeah yes. which is important and this ambitious change and all that kind of stuff mm. uh, happened like you said post Alexa did you play for somebody there like a teacher and then they advised yeah. you to do that or was it something that you always wanted to do but then finally made the decision to do that <laughs> It was something I knew that I had to do eventually, but mm. I didn't have the first step to do it because I don't know how. Mm. Yeah, just nice. You know, everyone's ambition is different. Yeah. Even if you have a teacher or you have a friend that you 100% trust, they might not know how to do it too. Correct. Which is understandable. Like, you can't expect them to know because it's yeah. your body. So just mm. nice, I happen to find someone that have experience in this and have a similar setup or understand what I'm going through. Mm. And he guided me through it. 
Yeah, I see. In a short period of time. And then after that, it was really self-discipline and really letting things go. Because, you know, when you do ambrosia change, you really cannot be distracted by mm. other things. Like Correct. going back <laughs> to yeah. do gigs and then confusing yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I always remember. So uh, you must have known Freddie. Yeah. So maybe for a year or two, maybe he was still uh, teaching and working at NAFA when you were there. I met up with him a few years ago in Switzerland as well. And he told me, you know, sometimes in order to build things up, you have to tear everything down. Mm. And yeah. And I, I will always remember this because that step back when you change like your chops, for example, would probably increase your ceiling of your playing potential up by many, many levels, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's just about having that kind of, like I said, discipline and telling yourself that, yeah, this is just a part of the process that you have to go through. And yeah, yeah when you finish the process, then everything would sort of like uh, take off and things will become easier. Mm. Yeah, It's a very difficult time. Very, mm. very yeah. difficult. But I'm glad that it's over. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can imagine. So now, uh, we, we talk about the, the more exciting things now, right? Yes. <laughs> Post- uh, YST, where like you said, you are starting to have a clearer picture of how you're going to achieve uh, what you wanted to achieve in your career. So uh, one of the first decisions you made was, of course, to do your exchange program in Thailand, uh, in uh, the Mahindong University, which is mm -hmm. probably not a very uh, common choice. Were you the first person to do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because it's, the, the strange thing is this, right? It's like we have uh, Thai students that are coming to, the, uh, to YST to study mm. and we don't see it um, going the other way. It's, there's very few um, uh, Singaporeans that are mm. going that opposite direction to study in Thailand. So yeah. uh, what was the, the sort of reason behind your decisions? And mm -hmm. uh, why do you not choose like a, a more conventional place for an exchange like the US or Europe? So practical things, okay? Mm. It is not financially possible for me to do an exchange in US or Europe, although the school does subsidize. Whereas mm. for Thailand, it's a much friendly currency. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, because I'm 100% self funded, so I, I don't want to graduate with any debt. And I don't, at that point of time, it was, I was in my third year. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of my last summer to do things that. I want. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's last your, last, <laughs> your last sort of summer to... Student summer. Yeah, yeah. To, to do exchange program, right? That, that mm. was like your last chance. Yeah, mm. so... No, more importantly, it was the last time, um, last summer that I have as a student because the next summer will be uh, yes. a, a graduate already. Correct, correct. Right. So, uh, and also at that point of time, I was having so much fun in school with my Thai classmates and also my Thai friends outside that I met through gigs. Then mm. they all play so well and they're all brass players. Yeah. They, all play, play, they all play very, very well. Mm. So I thought, okay, they must be doing something right and I must know. Okay. I did consider to apply for exchange in the European countries. Mm. But it was a bit complicated and also, you know, the last summer thing. So mm. uh, I'm like, okay, nah, never mind. Nah, I just go Thailand. Nah. So, and I also knew that Noah applied for Mahido before. So, it might up my chance for an exchange opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I just applied and they told me, okay, can go. <laughs> mm, good. And yeah, of course, we all know Mahidon is in Bangkok. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Thailand. And we all know it to be probably um, a lot of people's uh, go-to holiday destination, right? And like mm -hmm. you said, if you talk about the local currency... Actually, Mahidon is probably one of the more expensive universities in Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Very, the, the fees are really expensive. Yeah, uh, but uh, of course, for us, um, with um, our our currency, we, we see it slightly differently. And of course, the, the living and uh, comparing to Europe, it's miles apart. So, so, so mm. far apart in terms of like uh, expenses and all that kind of yes. stuff, right? So, did you enter this exchange with certain goals in mind and did or certain expectations of what you want to get out of it, did that sort of pan out quite nicely for you? You know, honestly, my my goals for this 
exchange was to just relax, mm. <laughs> relax and absorb what they have. Yeah. yeah, I was. I didn't go with any expectation of like, oh, I must be like hundred percent study the best or like what. Well, I just went with the mindset um of like, okay, let's just see what what happens. Mm. If nothing happens, it's also okay. I still got two semesters to to just. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I guess part of it could be also this uh, trying to to understand the the culture of the people, isn't it? I, I say culture, culture not like not like the history kind sense of that culture, but culture as in like how people uh, act and respond to things in the country mm, and how people, yes. yeah, you know how you know, the Singaporean culture, the way we respond to certain things, what we deem as acceptable in society, what we deem as like root in society and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. God. To understand that kind of nuances as well. Because I, I can imagine um, with every country that we visit as a tourist and living there is like two completely different kind of experience, mm. I guess. Where, where were you living when you were staying in Thailand? Were you living on campus? I, I lived like five minutes away from school um, mm. by motorbike. So yeah. we lived in... Okay, so in Mahido and the town, the town of Mahido is mostly students. It's like a super big NTU, okay? Yeah. So they have dorms on campus, mm-hmm. but they also have housing options outside that you can find yourself. They're very common, very cheap, very common, very convenient. Yeah. So yeah, I lived in one of the condo outside school, but very near school. But still, all the students. <laughs> mm, okay. So it's basically like a a, a student town. This uh, yeah, or, Salaya is like a student town. Yeah, I've not walked around the whole university, uh, the whole Mahido mm. University. I've just been to like the music building, oh. and I know it's it's beautiful, and the university is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so incredibly big. Right. Mm. And so what I'm interested in, because I don't know if you know him, but one of my, my good friends, uh, T, is a euphonium player. PT. Yeah, uh. PT. And uh, he's a good friend of mine and I've known him for, for so many years. And mm. and of course, I, I learned the, the sort of Thai norms and how they, they usually behave. And I think he's um, generally, he's just a very, very pleasant and, and wonderful person. And yes. yeah, I think... The way he explained how the the sort of social structure works in Thailand when you were living there, do you see like a difference between how Thai students, Thai music students, what they do to establish their career versus what Singaporean music students are doing? Do you think that there's a lot of difference in the the thing that they do and what they aspire to become? So shout out to PT, congratulations on your new posting in Mahido University. Yeah, Dr. (laughs) Bunyarit now. Yeah. yeah, the last, last memory I had with him was, I think we were having dim sum <laughs> with Ajahn Bung. <laughs> ah, okay. We were having dim sum buffet, if I'm not wrong. I can't remember. I see. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, between the differences, um, Thai music students versus Singaporean music students when it comes to establishing their careers, right? Mm. Personally, I think Thai people in general are way more creative and innovative um, on top of being curious. Okay. So you see, that's okay. Take an example, their advertisement. That's a very good example, really. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, more in the context of music, most of my Thai friends can play their main instrument mm. and other instruments like piano, guitar, drums, harmonica, and then they can play in different genres, different settings. So, jazz or like the New Orleans style, everything they can do. Or they, and they can even arrange their own music. Mm. just because of hobby uh, and then compose for fun do things on the spot like do compose on the spot or like improvise on the spot okay photography graphic design and random small businesses one of my friends they started to open the what, sell fried chicken in the opposite the condo that we lived in oh okay <laughs> they, they are music student so yeah. and then they run this on the side yeah so that's why I say they are very diverse and mm. creative and I would say fearless lah yeah to do all this kind of thing mm. so and they also they know how to have fun obviously 
So in which in the end makes them super employable. You know? Right. Because yeah. one day, like example, the TV program, they want to ask someone to play a jazz set. Mm. This home player can do it. Yeah. TPO one, the home player needs a home player to play orchestra. This player can do it. Mm. Or like you got a gig and they ask you to Zi Yofa Hui freestyle. Yeah. The person also can do it. Or I see. example, they need an arranger for horn music. This horn player can do it. So yeah. that already gives him like four more options than a regular musician, you know? Mm. Yeah. Whereas okay, um I think it's good. And that is a very big shock for me when I first arrived. I'm like, why they can do everything? And also they do it pretty well, you know? Yeah. I felt like a potato there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're very nice to me. Mm. So, whereas for Singaporean students or musicians, we are more one-directional. Not in... I don't think it's very bad, lah, but mm. you know, if you compare, if you can do four things and if you can do one thing, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, our one-direction is to play our principal instrument well in mm. maybe one, two or three styles. Yeah. And then, that's all. Lor. Yeah. We don't explore further. Mm. Mm, I'm guilty of that too. So, I guess... That is the difference um, they have like when you talk about establishing their careers. Because for them, yes, music is a career. Their career is music, playing mm. orchestra. But at the same time, they dabble on the side. Yeah. And uh, how much of this like innovations, right, do you think comes from them understanding that perhaps for them to get permanent employment in orchestras is extremely difficult? Because Obviously, these seats are already taken by their seniors, maybe their teachers and things like that. So in order for them to, to have a career uh, as a musician, they have to think out of the box, right? They cannot like sit there and wait for mm. one person to retire. Correct. I think it's 70% debt, definitely. Mm. And also maybe 30% is like um, the lack of resources. So they have to innovate. Like okay. music. If let's say you cannot find this score, how are you going to get a score? You transcribe all? <laughs> ah, I see. You know? Okay. Yeah, they are not going to spend money to buy. They mm. can just transcribe because their oral skills are so good. I see. Or they yeah. can just arrange this violin piece into a two-horn score, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I think it's a matter of... Um, the willpower. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Power, lack of resources and also the rude awakening that orchestra seats might not be available. Mm. You know? Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, it's just very interesting to hear you say uh, I'll give this kind of insights because I mean obviously being a student and hanging out with the current students on a daily basis would, you know, open you up to all these sort of uh, things and endeavors that they are embarking on right now, right? Which Oh, yeah. Obviously, I had no clue. I thought that they, they were just like us, you know? <laughs> yeah, I said like us, like, you know, we just practice and you just play the, the standard sort of uh, repertoire that you learn as a music student. Yeah, I didn't know that this uh, sense of like doing many things and even doing things out of music was something that was so apparent uh, in Thailand. Yes, it was also very difficult for me to accept that because it was more of me it's like oh my god they can do so many things but I can only do one thing you know mm, yeah mm. so now uh, when you were there how do you cope with the language oh not a problem for me language is my strong suit ah okay <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I have a flair for languages I see so did, did <laughs> yeah, you so, did you prepare beforehand? I had my Thai friends in YST lah. Ah. They didn't really prepare me, but you know, the I'm, it's already a familiar sound. I see. Okay. Mm. So you can roughly decipher what they're talking Not about. Not roughly decipher. It's like, they will, okay, the, the, I have very nice friends. They will also help me translate. So. Ah, okay. If people are considering taking on their studies in Mahidol University or in Thailand, would you say that... Um, Language barrier is a could be a thing and a problem. I think yes, language barrier will be a problem, but mm. not to a very serious extent because Thai language conversationally you can pick up very fast. I see. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's the same kind of thing, lah. Right. If you go to Germany and study, you learn the language first. 
if you want to go to mm. Thailand and study, then you learn the language first as well, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but like for Thailand, the the standards of English is slowly rising, so no problem. Mm. And the, they are always very friendly, very willing to help. Yeah. But if you want to, if you were saying like to go there to study, um, it also depends on what instrument. That, like for brass, I mm. mean, I can only speak for brass, obviously. I would say you can try lah. Can go and see what's available. There are scholarships available, but of course, you know, at the end of the day, learning music or this career lah, is all about self discipline and curiosity with great tastes. Mm. So you know, you have to know what you really want and go for it. Uh, so obviously, you you finish your uh, exchange in Thailand, mm. right? Now you are. Back in in Singapore again, and did you did you feel like your your approach to music or your approach to life is a little bit brighter after living mm-hmm. there for a few months? Of course, I'm happier, way yeah. happier, hundred percent happier, and yeah. I get sad because I can't be as happy as I was. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I always joke with Alex because you know Alex was uh living in Vietnam, right? Yes. We say mm, we really miss this um simple life. It's not so hectic. We have our inside joke, but I don't think it's very appropriate to say it. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you can ask him. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we really miss this um, very simple and happy life. Because, you know, it's really very pure. And you don't have the big city kind of rush. Mm. Mm, and yeah. Thai people... They're generally very happy-go-lucky. Mm. And also, maybe because of the nature of their language, um, they are not so straightforward like us. They won't yeah. say like, hey, you suck. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, even for myself, when I was there, I had to change my way of speaking quite a bit as advised by my Thai friends. Mm. Yeah. Like, sometimes if I ask, ask something, like, I need I need to ask something, I say, eh, hello, hey, can you help me? This, 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 right? Mm. They will say, Mm, maybe you shouldn't phrase it like that but you know like can you help me is already like quite polite in our ways yeah but for them it's like oh it's a bit straightforward you know uh, you have to like so, oh, uh, like are you free to so it's like, maybe is it possible can you consider uh, okay like I see. very long cut I, okay so they are not as straightforward mm. Mm. yeah overall they they are serious when needed and play hard mm. when required yeah. So I, do, I think the balance of life is better. Mm, for sure. And I think they are an extremely forgiving bunch, right? Mm. At least, I mean, okay, maybe this is a very un, uh, not true statement. But like at least my interactions with uh, T, it's just that he hardly gets angry at a person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he slips it off and the next day it's like, it's okay. You know, he can still talk Ooh. to that person as normal. And yeah, you know, they, they don't hold that grudge, that grudge lah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think they are better at, they, okay, they are better at letting things go than we are. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good way to, to put it. We might be too serious sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, T has, of course, over the years, because we also uh, lived in Manchester together, over the years, he has gotten used to um, the, the way I speak as well. Um, so, so him and I, when we speak, there's kind of like no, no filter, right? But uh, I, I can imagine back when I first met him, maybe the way I spoke must have like kind of taken like... Shock. Yeah. It's like... like oh yeah. God, why this person speak like that? No. Yeah. It's like, huh? Why, why so aggressive? Why so angry? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to explain many times, hey, guys, I'm not angry or not aggressive. Just like, this is how we speak in Singapore. They they yeah. also like, they were also like, oh, why like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a very strange thing, right? Then when, yes. it's a, then like, for example, like you've been to Germany and stuff, then you have the German who are like even more direct than us. <laughs> right. When you say that you, you, we don't outrightly criticize people. They are like, they call it as a season, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They won't, they will just be like, mm, yeah, it's not very good. Correct. Right, so yeah, I guess this sort of like uh, very interesting little uh, nuances in the the difference in the the culture. So yeah, if you are there for holidays, Singaporeans, please go and order your food and stuff like that. Please don't be rude 
and shout yeah. at uncle that's cooking yeah, your food. Don't la. They, yeah, they are very nice one. Yeah. You nice, you smile. There's a land of smile for a reason, you know. Correct, correct. Yeah. I've never met a frowning person there. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, that's such a, like, a wonderful way to, like, live, right? You don't have to feel like that. I feel like I'm, like, by default frowning, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's very good because it makes music making more fun and like morally sustainable. Ah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like I said, like, the, the purity of everything, mm. right? You're doing it for, for for enjoyment and there's mm. not so much... You don't think unnecessarily, right? You just kind of yes. focus on... Yes. On the, the, the things that you think are important to you. That's all. Yes. Yeah. Then we move to post... YST. So now that you've graduated and then um, your, your next step, obviously, or oh, you are still on this next uh, stage of your development, which is uh, enrolling into the uh, Shanghai Orchestra Academy. Mm. So what does a, a normal day look like for you in the academy? Okay, before maybe before the going to the academy, I, will, I have to say how I get in touch with this academy. Mm, sure. And I also have to say thank you very much YST for sending me on a two-week-long exchange. Thank you, Zhang Jingming, <laughs> okay. for sending me to this exchange. And that was when I have like the first-hand experience of the life in the academy. And I see. that was also when, that was, I think, right after my Thai exchange. Maybe the towards the graduation. Okay. Is it towards graduation? Towards the oh, end of I, your exchange I, program. I think, yeah, somewhere I can't remember. It was in 2018 on Ah, yeah, it was before going on my exchange. Sorry, it was 2018 May. Okay. I went to Shanghai for exchange and then June, I went to Thailand for exchange. I see. So, yeah, that was when I was like going here and there, very fun. Mm. Uh, so, I had two weeks with them. Um, we played chamber music and I got to meet the teacher there, with Peter Solomon, fantastic okay. guy. Mm. And then from then on, I really kind of in my, at the back of my head, I want to like, yeah, I want to see what's going on and Shanghai has always been on my list. Mm. So, uh, on a normal day, on an average day, um, I <laughs> I wake up very early. I wake up at like 6.30 or 7. Okay. Eat breakfast at home because I stay like directly opposite the hall. Right. And then by 8, I'm at the hall practicing already. Uh, because I live right opposite, right? It mm-hmm. makes everything more convenient. Yeah. I practice really early because of facilities constraint. And I see. I also generally like to start my day early, la, healthier. Hmm. Uh, orchestra over there starts at 9.30. Yeah, I think 9.30. Hmm. And it's also good to be there early because before everyone comes, okay, you can play in the big hall. Yeah. And really get the feel of the hall, which is super huge. Hmm. Uh, and most importantly... I always aim to be earlier than the first player there, which is the tubist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because he always arrives very early to warm up and he sounds he sounds fantastic all the time. His warm up mm. is just long tone, but all tones are like hundred percent. Yeah, pure gold yeah. pouring out of really, his belt. Really, right? really. Yeah. Oh my god, it's crazy. Mm. Uh, and I yeah, I would just sit there and listen his warm-up. So I would warm up mine first and then I would sit there and listen his warm-up and then maybe halfway through, more, more people come already. Ah. Um, yeah, so it's just nice to be there. Lor. Mm. And at about 2 o'clock, they end. So if I have no orchestra, it's lunchtime already. Okay. And I'll usually practice maybe until lunchtime because you can't practice too long because you don't be selfish like let other people use the room. What? Yeah. And then I go home, cook lunch, and have the rest of my afternoon free to do other things like teach, relax, practice, or like have lessons. Mm. And it depends on what I have at night. If I have a concert, then of course I just cross the road to have the concert. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I'll just retire for the night. Mm. Mm, mm. I sleep wow. by like nine o'clock. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a very structured and healthy way of living. It was a good three months. Yeah. yeah. And now, uh, so sorry, just for me to clear up certain things. The first rehearsal that you attend, this is the Shanghai Symphony, is it? Mm. So your role there is um, to also perform with them. Yeah. Okay. And then you said in the afternoon, there's another orchestra rehearsal. Also the same orchestra or is that the Academy Orchestra? 
Uh, we don't have an academy orchestra, so it's a hundred percent fused with symphony. I see. Okay, so sorry, I because I don't know the the structure uh, of the of the program. So okay, so uh, maybe yeah. I explain a little bit. Yeah. Um. So every season, the academy will give us maybe eight to ten concerts with the with the orchestra. So it averages out to once a month. Okay. Okay. But on top of um orchestra, they also always have guest artists guest orchestra or guest ensemble so like to take the first six months when I was there um, the first week okay example week one it'll be Shanghai Orchestra week two week three and week four might be week two might be master class week three might be guest ensemble and week four might be uh, guest orchestra you know so mm. it's, every week is actually quite busy okay on top of your one and a half hour lessons I see. Yeah. So it's just kind of jam-packed, right? So full yes. on. Yeah, constantly yeah, doing things. Very intense. Yeah. Which is amazing, right? That's what you want. And that's why mm, you, that's you sign really up That's really what for, I wanted. Yeah. That's why you sign up for programs like that. Yeah, mm, which exposes you. Very, I also want to highly encourage my peers who are who are looking at this direction to highly consider Shanghai as one of your destination to further your career. Mm. As in, attend this academy because the age cutoff is like 35 or about there. I see. Now, mm. uh, of course, then how about the, the living aspect of uh, things in Shanghai? I love Shanghai. It's okay. like Singapore, but mm, better. <laughs> you know, everything yeah, you just put just it plainly, it's phone. just Singapore, but better. You can do everything <laughs> on your phone. You just need a phone, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, as they would say, right? Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, China is very good, especially the food. I mean, the f- because it's China, you have everything. You have uh, Western to Chinese. And China is a lot of, ex- uh, Shanghai, there's a lot of expat. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to re- worry about not getting your burger fixed. But, <laughs> yeah, it, fixed. Okay. You can just get it. Very easily, mm. yeah. And, and I suppose you are you are living quite close to the sort of city and central area. I'm I'm directly at the central. Wow, okay, mm. yeah, must be amazing. So, yes, it is very very nice. My neighbors are like 80, 90 odd years old old folks. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. Right. They has they are all very pure Shanghainese. I see, because you are staying uh or living in the central. Does it get like noisy no. at night or is it okay? It's okay because the Chi- Chinese people, they are actually quite disciplined. Eh? Mm. Uh, although I live in like the city center and there's a lot of bars and stuff. Okay, luckily not around my house. Lah. But then mm. like traffic wise, by about by 9, 10 o'clock, the, there's really not much going on already. Okay, right. Yeah. Maybe, okay, at least maybe not for my area lah. But mm. like, by 10 o'clock, you can jaywalk freely. Mm. <laughs> Things like okay. that. Okay, right. Mm. And so now, where when you are then dealing with people, right? Or do you not have to do so much with people because a lot of things is sort of like automated? Or when you have to do with people, do you feel like it's a, it's a challenge or are they generally also fine? Mm. Do you, okay. If, let's say you do with my colleagues, Example, mm. Mm, it's all okay because they understand that Mandarin is not my first language. Sorry, Mandarin is not my first language. And there's many words that we use in Singapore that's different in China. Uh, like so sweet they, la, for example, right? Yeah, many, many yeah. things. So they mm. are very understanding of that and they will try to help me. Yeah. But at the same time, they also want to converse with me in English because, you know... um the guest artists and they need to speak in English. So mm. they need this practice. Okay. So we help each other. La. Communication wise is very standard. Mm. You be respectful to teacher and be respectful to your colleagues. Oh. Don't mm. be an asshole. It's all good. All is good for yeah. you in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but outside, like to the to the members of the public, uh, there's really not much communication error for me la, because it's really just ordering food. Like, mm. uh, I eat things like that. There's uh, not, no deep conversation required. So, I'm good. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So mm. are there any sort of, um, as since you, you've moved to Shanghai, and I, I must tell you first, I've never been to China before. <laughs> okay, so I yeah, like I'm living under a rock when you talk about China, right? So mm. are there any sort of like misconceptions since you moved there that people say that 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 people ask you, yeah, mm. or because like I can imagine Shanghai is already like extremely metropolitan, right? Oh, and yeah. most people know that. So I don't know whether there's still this sort of like, yeah, weird misconception or stereotype or generalization. I think. Maybe before I went to China, like the before I first went to China in May, mm. uh, I have this misconception that is the cleanliness is not the best. Mm. But when I went there, I was very shocked because it is as clean as Singapore. Right. At least the area that I've been to. I can't speak for the other cities, but at least in central Shanghai or Shanghai in general, it's really clean. Maybe mm. the hygiene standards um, can be improved. But because how can you ask an old uncle to change his habits? It's very difficult. Okay. But at least for the new gen, mm, it's fine. Mm. Mm. They are all very, all very yeah. normal. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I mean... And, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. And they take recycling very seriously. There's oh, really? There's a CCTV for my recycling bin and my house. <laughs> ah, okay. So, do uh, do people sort their recycling? Yes, they have to because the CCTV will capture. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's I a mean, face scanning kind. Of. Oh, really? Yes. So, if you, are, like, if you dump trash into the recycling bin... They will trace you back. Wow, okay. They will find you. <laughs> I see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, the how we treat recycling in Singapore is really a disgrace. It can be better, much yeah, better. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, we, I don't even want to butter this up, right? At least for my area. <laughs> so, because mm. I have this, you know, we, we have those large blue bins, right, for recycling. Yeah. Yeah. And then people just throw all sorts right. of random things yeah, inside. I, I, I can't understand that. Yeah. We probably need a CCTV for that. <laughs> yeah, really. And yeah, so to, you know, people <laughs> Yeah, maybe people like will wear masks, wear shades to go and throw. They will still throw. I don't know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I depending. believe they can still trace you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good and really nice to hear that uh, you're having uh, such a good time, or at least you were when you were uh, in Shanghai. Such a but, like fruitful and exciting time. <laughs> yeah, but you know, right? When I went yeah. to Shanghai, the academy they asked us to. We also had to take academic courses like theory and oral. So the biggest struggle for me, and this FYI to all my future people who are considering, they, their oral and um, theory in Mandarin is a next level. So yeah, better brush up on yeah. that. Yeah. Or your wudiao, or some more all this kind of things. Right? Very difficult for me to yeah. get used to. But it's okay. Sometimes it will help me in English. So, I mean, I am music very general. It's just that for Mandarin, for someone who's bilingual, it's get confusing. Like for yeah. my friend who's, who's Japanese or my, my, my boyfriend who's Thai, it's okay for them because they only understand in, in one language. But for me, it's two languages. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Ah, uh, okay, okay. Mm. Yeah, so it's the trying to sort of translate inside yeah, your mind, in right? Translation. Yeah, lots of translation. <laughs> yeah 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 fair enough yeah. fair enough yeah I, I mean I hope that things would be as exciting for you in uh, the next year when you go back and resume your studies yes I hope they still continue the Marlow cycle <laughs> yeah I mean make them do it no it's okay <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah uh, I think you know uh, time flies we've already uh, went over an hour for the interview Wow. So, yeah. So, I think it's time for us to uh, just wrap things up here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I just want to yeah send my regards to you. I mean, Thank in this you. one year, uh, staying in Singapore and just sort of enjoy your time with family and friends. And then yes. you can yeah continue in your next year yeah. in Shanghai when it's kind of nonstop uh, work, work, work again, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on to the show, Mindy, and no sharing. Problem. Yeah, and sharing your career developments and being <laughs> open to uh, talk about your life and everything that has happened, at least with regards to your career. 
Thank you very much for having me. I also like to take this opportunity to shout out, another shout out to those people, musicians who are struggling during this time to just take it easy and try to find light in every corner because it's a difficult time for everyone also. So you're not alone. Yeah, talk yeah. to someone if you need to and you'll be okay. Lah. Just find good in everything. Definitely. And thank you for having me. Uh, I'm very happy to be here because having some issues. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's a very refreshing thing. I might go back to home playing again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, no problem at all. Yeah, glad, glad to speak to you. And um, yeah, maybe we can uh, do this again in sure. a couple of months' time. And, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, happy to. And talk about uh, other things. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thank you very much uh, once again. So, and mm. on that note, we will sign off on this episode of You Play a What. You Play a What. Kopunka. Bye bye. You have been listening to You Play a What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time.